0: welcome to the kinja's podcast here we will discuss dance life and whatever the f**k we want (laughs) welcome back to another episode of the kinja's podcast movement in the shadows i'm your host ben it's still 2020 the coronavirus is still here unemployment is still at an all-time high When this will all end and what the next chapter looks like is still very unclear. And this can all be pretty discouraging. How do we bounce back from all of this? I guess the question we should ask ourselves before knowing how to bounce back is what do we want to bounce back to? It's important to know that first so we can create a plan to get back to it. A house isn't built overnight. First you need a blueprint, then you need the supplies and materials, And then there's the actual time it takes to build the house. Brick by brick, board by board, one day at a time. With the right plan and process, you'll eventually build the house. My guest today is Josh Ventura, a.k.a. Ace. Ace is a dancer, an actor, and one of the original members of the Kinjas. And I've known Ace for a really long time, many years now, and uh, I've never had... Uh, the in-depth conversation that I had uh, with him today ever before and to uh, learn about his upbringing, his childhood, uh, his family structure, to the, the struggles that he had, finding identity as a child, to how dance entered his life, to transitioning into acting. And the common thread that I see with Ace in everything that he cares about, whether that be dance, whether that be acting and where he's at currently in life right now in the year 2020 anything that he really cares about he really dives deep into learning every element that there is about that thing so with dance as he talks about the foundational styles of hip-hop breaking locking popping whacking house he really sought after the the teachers or the places and environments where he could actually gain the knowledge and then taking that knowledge home with him to really put in the hours and hours of practice to really understand those styles and even transitioning over into acting, to knowing first what type of actor he wanted to be and knowing what types of training that he needed, what classes that he needed to take, and really honing that craft and knowing what it takes to master it. It comes first with the knowledge, but secondly, the application of the hours and hours of practice. And where he's at now, you know, with everything kind of indefinitely paused work is not as plentiful and it doesn't look the same in the way that it was uh, prior to the the pandemic that we're all in now and navigating through systemic racism and the role that he has in being able to dismantle some of those systems and there's a lot I think there's a lot of uh, heaviness in terms of what this year has brought and um, as he's literally just unpacking all these thoughts as we talk I think the way that, again, how he approaches everything from dance to acting, I think even the way that he's approaching how to become a better human being, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, learning how to get the knowledge first and then putting in the time and finding ways that he can continue to stay in the game and continue to uh, keep learning as well as um, knowing. That it, it it is a process. It's not something that can be done overnight. And uh, he's, he's approached everything in his life in that way. And I think this is just a, an important talk um, for everyone right now. I, I know that there's a lot of people facing things for the very first time. I think we're all facing this pandemic in the way that it's hit us for the first time in our lives. I think he also wanted to emphasize, though he is somebody who can be very highly motivated and very driven in his work ethic, that it's okay to also not be so motivated and driven right now. And I think that's also something that's really important to uh, be able to understand a process. I think this is just a great conversation uh, for myself. Uh, I think as I am able to hear the way that he approaches um, everything from his career to his artistry. ...to even how he's growing as a, as a human, as a, as a person right now. Uh, it's very real. I think it's very applicable to us all. And um, I think this one is just uh, a very... Um, yeah, we go kind of deep into this. But uh, I think in a time like this, this is just uh, a good talk that we should all be having. Didn't really get to get into the lightning round as we normally do. We're a little bit short on time. But um, I think there's still a lot of uh, depth and meat in this conversation... Um, I think that's about it. Let's hop into it. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. Today, folks, we got my brother, very special guest. We got Josh Ventura, a.k.a. Ace Ventura, in the pod. Ace is a dancer, actor, and OG member of the Kinja's, taking it all the way back to Ambu uh, black ops man ace welcome welcome thank you so thank much you, for man. joining the pod um i've been thank actually for wanting me. to do this one of course of course i've been wanting to do this one for a minute but um you've obviously just been uh well prior to 2020 you just been um back and forth a lot a lot of back and forth from atlanta to la and and uh all of that you're you're killing it man you're, you've been working and and all of that and we'll, i want to get into that stuff but um for uh the listener who may not know the a story can you um you know we like to go into origins and you know yes. uh where you were, were born and 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 all that good stuff and and uh where dance entered and you know walk us through a little bit of that origin story
1: yeah let's do that uh Okay, so what's going on, everybody? Uh, Josh Ventura is my name. And I was heavily, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. I was heavily influenced by Jim Carrey. But just during that time, I would walk around and imitate Jim Carrey. And my friends would just be, they started calling me Ace. So that's the origin story for the name. It was pre-dance that the name happened, actually. So, Uh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you guys who don't even know, um, that's the reason the Ace and of course the last name's Ventura. Most people don't even know my last name is Ventura.
0: They're just like, oh, it's just a dance name, Ace. You know, it's funny. I never made that connection. I just like, oh, this guy named Ace, and Ace. Like, wait, his last name's Ventura. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. Ace Ventura. <laughs> that's that's it. That's tight. So I dig it. Yeah, man. Let's see.
1: Uh, born and raised Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, that dirty, dirty man. So I was in the on the in the in, in the A coming up and then went to college in atlanta then moved to la for what felt like what eight years i think and then moved back to atlanta and now i finally have moved back here to la <laughs> to enjoy
0: COVID. what was um what, what was uh the focus uh, school-wise like what you you said you went to college right you graduated yeah, what
1: yeah. Were you yeah. Uh,
0: studying so That is an interesting one. Um,
1: I studied marketing. At first it was accounting and it was marketing. I thought about doing hospitality management and uh, but I stuck with marketing. So I had a path like fully laid out. Like I was like, I'm gonna graduate college. Um, I was already interning at a marketing company and I had like a path. I was like, I'm going to make this amount of money when I graduate. And uh, you know, this company I was interning at, they were like, oh yeah, we love this guy. Like we can make him account executive. I have my, I'll make this amount of money this year. And then two years from now, I'll make this and I'll move to a different company. And uh, that's when I booked two things. I booked, uh, so Fighting Temptations and a movie called Remember the Titans. So Remember the Titans, I ended up being a, uh, a featured extra. And so you can't see me in that, um, <laughs> it's kind of goofy. Uh, But then, uh, so I ended up booking Fighting Temptations. And the way that happened is I was dancing at the time, very seriously, but not serious enough to where I was like, oh, I'm going to take this as a, um, this is going to be my career. I was just like, I'm I'm training as though I'm an Olympic athlete, but I have this job lined up. So um, I auditioned, trying to remember exactly how it happened. That's right. I was teaching. I was teaching at the time and just like basic hip hop and some breaking classes and this choreographer uh came in and she she had me audition for fighting temptations as like a a, like a disco dancer just like funk dancing for this one scene then she saw me again and she booked me then she saw me again uh this other spot i was teaching at she was holding an audition at this dance studio and she's like oh you huh i didn't know you could like do that style too that's that's pretty cool. Um, would you be down to do like a bigger role? Like this role opened up and I was like, yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything. I was like, I was like a, you know, college kid, just like hungry, happy. And uh, so next thing you know, I know, I just, I didn't even have an agent at the time. Like I knew nothing about the industry aside from a couple of the music videos I've been doing. And they gave me a location and a call time and it was right before finals. I remember this happened uh, my senior year and... I show up on set and i'm like tying my shoe nobody's in it's like in this this like they built this church and so i'm i'm on the set like the first one there i'm like cool this is an amazing set they actually like built a full church i'm tying my shoe and like as i look like to my left and i just have this vision of this like beautiful foot i was like man that's a good looking foot (laughs) they're like like, i mean the the toes and everything I'm like wow that's that's a really nice and i'm going up this body and all of a sudden it was like an angel she was like hi how you doing i'm beyonce i was like oh she is beyonce son and it was like yes
0: you are pretty sick
1: uh beyonce i am josh and you know that was just like that moment was is like burned into my my skull um so it was and i think for the next three months of filming i just i had a smile on my face so I ended up being dude,
0: a that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And I was a choir singer and I, I couldn't really sing, but you know, they take care of that in post. Um, so I'm in that movie and that is what shifted everything for me from being, uh, now I have a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this marketing job to, well, I could, I could pursue this as a career. Um, and then that's when the floodgates opened. I, I, I contacted, I was in culture shock Atlanta at the time. I contacted Arnell. Arnell was like, dude, come on out to LA. Here's the red carpet to the SoCal dance scene. He invited me to vibe. I think it was like 2003 or four. I showed up like in an arena full of people dancing, just mind blown. Um, coming from a very small Atlanta scene, you know? And, yeah. uh, and, and then it just took off. Like I joined, I officially joined cold shock LA, uh, 20 T dance company. I started learning all these funk styles. Anyways, that was what launched my LA. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I love that, man. I love that. So I want to, I want to kind of uh, ring it back a little bit. So um, marketing was the focus in terms of school, and yeah. then you know, just like a lot of us, you know, opportunities just pop up that um, you don't mm-hmm. plan for, and um, yeah, that's not necessarily according to this you know uh your your life goal career path right it just popped up and so you had but you had already been dancing so um yes where where did dance enter your life and and kind of how did it enter was it just kind of like most of us we we just kind of like oh this looks cool i want to try it and then you just start taking classes and stuff like that and like how did it sell for you
1: yeah so actual origin story um Right, born and raised in Atlanta. <clears throat> My dad is is uh, uh, is Israeli American, born in Israel. My mom technically would be first generation. Well, her parents were we think uh, Russian immigrants, and she was adopted. So that's the that's the mom and dad. And uh, just I think it's important that when you're discussing origin stories. It, it it as you know, I mean, it shapes everything about who you are your belief systems um and so i do want to get into that if we have time just because i feel like especially with what's going on in the world and given our last few podcasts um discussing allyship a big portion of that as we've realized is 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 unpacking yourself right before you can sure. understand yeah um so your ideology and all that stuff um right so My dad, so mom and dad, my my dad, uh, mom and dad divorced when I was four and a half. My dad moved to LA, which plays a big part of my life later. Um, But he wasn't really around. And um, I have to state this. I had two sets of parents. I had my aunt and uncle and my mom and dad, biological parents. My aunt and uncle are my second parents. And my my mom, it was, it was a rough ride, you know? Um, She ended up kicking me out when I was 13 years old. And, uh, and I'm just say- saying this is just, you know, it's just part of my life. Um, but my aunt and uncle stepped in, and um, we, our, our relationship is fine. My, my mom, we have a cordial relationship, but I'm bringing this up because despite whatever negative side of that there was in my life, there's an extremely positive side to the first 13 years of my life with my mother. And I'm grateful for that, especially now, um, given this sort of self-evaluation that we're all trying to do um, in terms of this civil rights movement. So my mom was a dancer. So you are talking about the dance origin story. My mom and my dad both loved dancing. Um, that was one of the things that, that brought them together. My mom was a semi-pro dancer, uh, ballet, and she taught me how to moonwalk. And in our household, um, we listened to black music. That was it. She exposed me to black culture. Um, we're also, also a Jewish household. So for her, it was important for her to, um, she's just very well-versed. She spoke like five or six languages at one time. Um, and it was important for her to raise us, my sister and I, um, with exposure to cultures outside of just America. Um, so we had, (laughs) she let me listen to, um, hip-hop and rap, and I would watch Yo! MTV raps, I would watch black shows, and I would watch In Living Color. And so sitting there watching, when you had music videos that had 90s hip-hop, I was like absorbing as a, as a kid, just like I would imitate those moves. And in the household, I kept hearing groove music, funk music, Michael Jackson Prince, George Benson, Earthman and Fire, Cool in the Gang. And so I just had that influence from a young from the time I was a kid Um, and I mean that's it just had obviously a profound influence on me so that's where it started is really when I was just a kid and the apartment complex I grew up in was really diverse so there actually weren't that many white kids and again I was exposed to other cultures that were not the standard white family if that makes sense so um, that Mm -hmm. shaped me and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but that's sort of what put me on this path. And I personally was struggling with some identity issues be- because of the fact that like, you know, biological parents, not necessarily sure. feeling like they're there for me. I do have my aunt and uncle. Uh, and so my identity started, I started gravitating towards uh, the black community um, that, I was in, that, that was around me and feeling like I was more accepted amongst that community versus like the white community um and then as, as far as a lot of the jewish friends i had they were really wealthy so there was a sort of a wealth gap and i felt like i didn't it was like ah who do i who do i who do i, I resonate well um i feel most accepted here in this culture like it, it gets me i love dance i love music i love these shows so that was what kind of got me on the path and then but i never took it seriously as far as practicing until college so in high school i just kind of like goofed around um with dance because that's just what we did right we did like party dancing and this was the 90s so i didn't even we just kind of did it it wasn't like oh you want to practice this move um so there's the dance side of it and then there's the acting side as well um uh, my my sister and i used to dress up and like sometimes she would dress up as a as a a girl or a, a kai and i would dress up as a girl or or like we would for char- do like characters and and like for-, <laughs> for, for my parents and when i moved in with my aunt and uncle i know I'm jumping around here um are you got? are you following this is this making sense
0: yeah yeah well uh so i want to touch it yeah. back i love i love how you were um as you're mentioning like the the cultural side like you know yeah. being exposed to the black culture, I mean, it essentially started with, you know, your mom and your parents and that kind of shaping your, um, essentially just even your, like your, uh, interests, right? Like the things, yeah. like you said, the music, the culture, um, TV, whatever, movies and things like that. And I think that's really important to, um, even pinpoint because, and even as you're talking, you know, I'm thinking about, um, even for myself too, like, you know, how did I even really start getting exposed to it? Like, sure. Like, you know, you see things and you're like, oh, that looks cool. Like maybe I could do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, as you look a little bit deeper into like, what were you surrounded by and, and what was, yeah, in your household, um, what sorts of things are, um, you know being shown to you uh yeah. and and that starts to shape like your your even realm of thought of like oh, i want to actually like dig into that a little bit more and maybe i can kind of like you know as you said you know as a kid we just kind of goof around and we just do it and then at yeah. some point uh we get serious about training and, and i mean like i want to get into that because um dude you're you you are a master at um very particular styles and like you don't yeah. just get that Thank by you. goofing around you get that by that's true really p- being a student of the art <laughs> and stuff like that so um yeah. yeah like like you know you mentioned when you got to la you started training you know from the culture shock and tony t and i remember like yeah. i met you through i think it was noel and uh, noel and, wow. and uh, Victor, I think, son? that yeah, DVS, we go back, and that, you know, I, I know that, like, that was, I already had met you at that, and so I was like, dang, this dude is crazy, but, you know, I'm like, you know, that doesn't happen by accident, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. what, um, I guess, encouraged you to put, like, the, the discipline behind training to actually become very uh, versed and knowledgeable in, in certain styles? Like, where did the actual training come in?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... The initial training really was from just being in a scene where it was happening. Um, I think the groove training a lot of times happens later for people, right? Like if you discover dance later, it's overlooked. It's like, I'm gonna learn these moves, but man, that groove is just something, if you've done it since time you were a kid, it comes out. And so it's you're able mm-hmm. to take that groove and transfer it to a specific style, whether it's locking, popping, breaking um, house, so, but the training, let's see, so, yeah, college, I discovered breakdancing. I went to, I would come visit my pops, and, and, and initially, I came to LA, not to move here, but to rekindle my relationship with my dad, so I did that, and he used to take me from the time I was little, he would take me to Venice or Hollywood and watch the street dancers, so like Mr. Animation was always there. B Boy Ivan was always there. Um, B boy Ivan, I took him aside one day. I was like, Hey man, I really want to learn how to break dance. What do I do? And he was like, Oh yeah, man, just um, you know, hit a... up. <laughs> this like stupid kid from Atlanta. Like, I don't know. I just thought he was amazing. This guy is superhuman. Yeah. And I'm like, Can yeah. you and so he said, Yeah, go to workman's and get all these um, VHSs that have that I'm in. And um For those of you who don't know VHS (laughs) or what a VCR (laughs) is. um, Yeah. So I I bought a bunch of videos and I was like, what was the moment I saw? I think it was that. Yeah. It was like one of the trips before college where I went to visit my pops and he took me and I just, in that moment, there was a moment where I saw them performing and I was like, I mean, I'm already kind of dancing and getting a little bit of like, I'm starting to dance at these parties on the weekends. So I'm just going to take this seriously. I'm, I'm going to have to think about this after now, when that moment actually happened where I was like, I'm going to be serious about this. Um, Cause
0: all I know was is- Was there- dude, um, Well, so I didn't mean to cut you so, off though. Cause I mean, so you, you mentioned Ivan, you know, he's yeah. some. He's like a figure. He's like somebody that you directly uh, sought um, you know, whether it was advice or like, just point me in the right direction. Right. Yes. Um, I'm sure there's, there was individuals, you know, that came in. And I, I guess the reason I ask is because, um, you know, in terms of uh, mentors that kind of maybe yeah. came along the journey. Oh, yeah. Right. And like lots of those, uh, and I kind of, I kind of want to, you know, dig into that a little bit in terms of like, you know who were your mentors, and yeah. not only just to highlight the figures themselves because that, that that is important, but that's important. Um, I want to also kind of just um, were you consciously somebody who really sought after teachers? Um, like if you really want to learn something, because I think you know when we all we all look for inspiration from all sorts of things, right? And yeah. sometimes we don't even know we don't even have like a rhyme or reason to it. We just like, Oh, I don't know. Like that thing inspired me. But once you can kind of like tap into this, like intentionality of seeking mentorship and seeking like this person is amazing at this. I need to learn from that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and this Mm -hmm. person is amazing at this. And I need, you know, I mean, that's why essentially, we read books, we listen to podcasts, we take classes, seek information, we're we're seeking, we're, we're trying to grab things. So yes. Um, yeah. What was, was that something that you were always kind of, um, a type of person to seek after a kind of mentorship? Yes. And I, yes and no. And I
1: say yes and no, because I think it, it was almost for the first X amount of years, it was a subconscious thing. Like I saw, And I I sometimes feel like I've been trying to get back to that ability to just, well, I like that and just go. So I saw Ivan. He told me a practice spot they were having at this church. And I just went. I was like, hey, Dad, can you take me there? He took me. And I just started like practicing with these incredible breakdancers. But we didn't have, right, so Atlanta didn't really have breakdance teachers. There was this one dude, I think his name was Bo, and he put up a flyer at UGA, University of Georgia, and I went and met up with him. Then I met, um, I'm trying to hurry through this because it's a lot, uh, but I started seeking teachers in Atlanta because that's where I was, right? And so I met at a battle in Atlanta. I met uh, this guy, Amir Totem, who was the leader of burn unit, it's a crew in Atlanta. And then through him, I met another cat named Joy Prasavath who um, was kind of the head of a, a crew called Groove Monkeys? Those two cats pretty much took me under their wings. And he was t- uh, Totem was teaching a class at Georgia Tech at the time. So I moved into back to, I moved back to Atlanta from University of Georgia to go to Georgia State, and just literally to train with him. Um, and I started training with them constantly, and he taught me everything from foundation, footwork, top rock power moves joy taught me head spins flares swipes like all the power moves um and it was a combination of practice but for my for most of my teachers it was important that you got down in a cypher that was so important like we got to go freestyle we go to the club we go to the club go to battles and you just do it um and it's almost like you just do it through application versus class, if this makes sense. Like uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, found, I find that – so let's let's go through some of these teachers. So, so I met them, and then a lot of the crew members who are already way better than me would just show me things as we go, right, as we we're going along. Um, then when I moved to L.A., right before that, I met these two cats named the, the Jones brothers, um, Khalil and Jamal they exposed me to kind of the foundation of fun of locking and nobody else in Atlanta was doing it. Like nobody was locking. And all I had was like some footage that I could from like rerun some of the original locking footage, mm-hmm. from the original lockers, mm-hmm. um, came out to LA and Arnell culture shock was starting a locking crew. So of course joined that, um, Victor and Noel were my first locking true locking teachers. So, and they learned directly from Tony T. Um, Tony T learned pretty much from Don Campbell. So it trickled down. That's what started me on the path. And Victor and Noel were phenomenal teachers. And you know, locker, like they were crazy. They yeah. still are. Um, so then I met Tony T, who is Japanese American. Uh, well, really just, yeah, he's a Japanese locker, um, who was in love with Don Campbell. I met him. Then I met Don Campbell. Don Campbell was teaching at uh at his studio. Um, and at the time some of the Electric Boogaloos were teaching there as well. So sorry, I just got a funny text. Um <laughs> and then I found out so a lot of the OGs are still in LA teaching classes. Um, but I did it's not like I took a ton. So I went and took Fluky Luke, um uh uh, uh I was going to say ozone. Um,
0: (laughs) I'm blanking. Well, I mean, like, so it's all good, but I mean, so go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just
1: to to finish. So it was like, um, what happened at the time is I was like, I just want to learn all of these styles. And um, then, And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. I was just like, I just want to learn all these styles because I want to be able to properly dance to this kind of XYZ music. Um, So I had my breaking teachers, I had sort of like locking instructors or teachers, but I never really had popping until I met Chad and Mad Chad and Bop and Andre. And I was like, oh, this is a style of popping or bopping I would like to do. Um, So I'm trying to like kind of summarize all the styles. As far as house though, I there was I honestly learned house from the club, like straight up. I took mm-hmm. classes, you know, in LA, but most of the stuff I learned was just from being in the club and following footwork, and just doing it. Um, and then I'm trying to think of any other whacking, I learned from Tony T specifically. Um, so yeah, is this making sense? You following all this? Yeah, well, what want? I'm
0: getting, what I'm getting from you is that, dude, you are somebody who's so very foundationally sound. You have, um, you know, from all the the hip hop and street dance styles. Once you saw that there was another style that was um, of interest to you that you didn't have the foundations for, you went after finding. You know, yeah. even when you mentioned that like house was something that you learned at the clubs, not in the class because that's probably where you were exposed to. It was, I'm seeing this here. I need to learn it here. And this is the Mm -hmm. environment in which I need to learn. And I think what I'm getting from you is um, you are somebody that uh, really can um, find something that interests you and then you, latch onto every aspect of learning everything about it. And um, and what I find to be so uh, dope about that is that doesn't just apply to just dance, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, even after, cause I met you as Ace the dancer and um, you were amazing, are amazing. And all of a sudden I was just, you were gone. And then I was like, where's Ace? He's like, oh, he's <laughs> acting. And so I'm thinking, uh, oh, okay, like why is he why is he trying that? He's already so good at this. And then I'll and then I'm seeing you pop up on I'm seeing you pop up everywhere from TV to movies, you know. Uh, I got so stoked when I saw you as a uh, Tupac's manager and all oh, eyes manager. on me. Like, like that was like the biggest blow up for me. And I'm like, yo, that's my boy. And so, you know, even when you when it comes to acting. You, I think, you know, you can, you know, walk us through it though. Applying that same, um, you know, you found this thing, this craft of acting where you're not gonna just dabble in it. You're yeah. going to go all in, you know, and, and learn the the true art of it and put in the time. And, and even with all this the dance training, you know, you can have a thousand teachers but if you're not going to put in the hours and hours of work by yourself in your room or where, you know, in your garage, whatever it is, you're not going to get good at it. So, Dude. you know, what I'm learning from you is like, you're just this incredible work ethic, but like this ability to, um, yeah, really kind of, I don't know, really obsess over something to the point where you're going to extract everything that you can, from those who can teach you, you know, and I think that's that's can really just, dope, man. Can I
1: just say thank you for saying that because I, I'm not sure I made that clear, um, and it didn't become clear to me until I started teaching basic stuff, um, whether it was basic hip hop or groove foundation or robot, and I and I would take on um, oftentimes private uh, clients or whatever. Right. And like, I had this cat that I was teaching for a long time. He's like, I just want to learn like that groove thing you do, man. And I would teach him and I, and, and he would start to get it. And I'd come back the next week. And it was like starting over, come back the next week, starting over. And it dawned on me, people would ask me like, how do you get good at something? And thank you for saying that because the truth is it's the same with acting. There are, there are incredible teachers out there and there are, I mean, there's shitty teachers too. Um, and there are teachers who want you to get better than them. To me, those are the best teachers. Those are the masters in Mm -hmm. my opinion. I've been fortunate enough to be exposed to, even if it's just a few of them, they want you to get better than they are. They want to pass along this knowledge in hopes that you'll take it and flourish. Um, but if you're right, that is the one thing at, when I was learning, and I try to do this now, even to this day, if, if um, I'll give you an example, like uh, Chad, Chad and I, we'd hang out and let's say he showed me one thing. He's like, uh, so if I, if I isolate, I, okay, so if I'm gonna do this robot move, right? And as I'm turning, um, I, my posture, my hand has to be exactly the same. Okay, so no matter what, no matter where I go, this is where the hand stays. I literally would walk around for hours like this. (laughs) I'm not even kidding you, dude. Like that's. um, I remember, the the two cats who taught me the first like I was like, what is that locking groove? Like, what is that? Like, what are they? Like, what's what's happening? And it was the Jones brothers in Atlanta. They're not pro dancers. They're just dope. And they were actually DJs and MCs. And um, they just said, yo, man, you just got to, it's the bounce. Like you got to, it's this bounce. And I literally walked around all day to funk music. Like, and I just did that. And it's so, for those of you listening, um, you can take so many classes and obviously there's choreography that's different. You need to take that from that specific choreographer so you can mimic their style. Right. Especially if you're pursuing the industry or you want to be in a video or you want to collaborate with them, you have to look like them. Um, but the non-studio styles that we're talking about right now, funk styles, breaking house, um, those, those party dance, club, street, whatever you want to call them styles. It's there's this foundation, but it's also kind of like if they say this is how you move or this is where you put your hand. Do that, like literally practice that move until you can get it. And um, it's I, I'm just thankful that you said that because it's it's one of those things that I almost feel like a dick sometimes when people are like, "Hey, man, how'd you get so good?" It's like, I I, I sacrificed my social life, you know. What I'm saying like, <laughs> I, way too many hours in the mirror, just, you know, or just <laughs> doing this, like doing yeah. this and doing yeah. this, and it's just like, oh god, I think about that now, and I'm like, this is it's crazy repetition and the same can be said for for acting um in terms of it's a little different when it comes to, to acting or a lot different I should say there's rep, there's do you want me to dive into that
0: I don't know yeah why. let's get into it because no because that, that that is actually my my next question I think is they've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to MSTRwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINGESPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinja's podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to MSTRwatches.com and rock with the illest. <laughs> This show is officially brought to you by Kin Aesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjes.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kin Aesthetic Brand. You know, you there was a shifting point, you know, there was this you were in LA, I just see you at all the dance things and then you were gone. And then it was like, he's pursuing acting. I was like, man, there must've been something that, that shifted Mm -hmm. even in your decision to be like, this is going to be the thing that I need to go pursue now. So, um, I guess the the first question is like, what made you feel like, all right, I'm going to go all into this. Yeah. And, and obviously dance never left. You still got all of it, you know? So you know, I'm sure yeah, that's dance debatable, became but yeah. more a part of, it. well, I mean, you know, it's, it, it was a lifestyle thing. It wasn't like something yeah, that you were doing because you're like, Oh, well, I, I guess I have to practice. I'm going to pursue a career out of dance. Yeah. And, and, you know, once you oh. decided to shift your focus, it wasn't like that left. Right. No, but that statement is it, um,
1: that statement of, of, um, you know, have to practice this cause it's now a career that definitely was an influencing factor. Um, that the real catalyst for me was, um, I actually technically speaking I wanted to do I don't say wanted to do because I never thought of this stuff as, as a career but my interest was um was was acting and dance almost at the same time if not acting first because I took a public speaking class I'm gonna go back to this origin story when I was yeah. 13 and 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 the parental thing was happening right like the issues with my mom and moving to my aunt uncle I became super introvert and um, the only time I came out of my shell was when we were dancing like at pep rallies or whatever, or in my room um, or so I took my aunt, uncle were actually like, Hey, you should take this public speaking class. It will really help you. Um, and I did, man. And I was scared. Public speaking is like one of what? One of like most feared things for people to do. So I took this class. First speech was on palindromes, and 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 words that that uh, can be spelled forwards and backwards. And then the next speech was on how to spin a basketball on my finger. So I could spin a basketball on my fingers. I can still do that to this day. And the only reason I learned how to do that is because (laughs) in elementary school, we had our like recess or whatever. I literally would walk around like (laughs) for hours. Every day, trying to get that, because sh- the the PE coach, she could she could spin it, she could do it, and I was like, "How do you do that?" And she's like, "Practice," and I was like, "Okay." So, anyways, I learned how to do that shit, and um, am I allowed? To- Sorry about the cursing. Um, yeah, this is the podcast, work. bro. You can okay, do cool, cool, you want. cool. <laughs> work. So, I did a I did a speech on how to spin a basketball, and it was incredible. I I still relive this because everybody in the class, I'm standing there with a basketball in my hand. And I'm talking to the class and they're just like starting to get super bored. Like, dude, how many times are you going to keep describing the the types of leather and like the, the diameter of the ball and basketball players and like the velocity of the, the, you know, when you bounce it and how you have to turn it and what fingers are better. I'm just sitting there holding it, walking back and forth. And like one of the kids yells like, man, he can't spin that shit. <laughs> uh, and I was like yeah, I can. And I went like this and I put it back. Like I was about to do it and I put it back. And I was like, so anyways, that was, I was saying, and I started talking about some other random stuff about the ball, right? Like how they design, who designs it, the manufacturer. And then I finally did it. Like I just straight up went into it and I just started doing this and like seeing all the kids, all my, my, my peers, I say it's the kids or my, I was a kid too. They were just like, you know, (laughs) that moment. And I realized in that moment, I was like, Oh, I just gave them what I love to experience. And it was that moment mm. for me where I was like, I would like to, to perform it's so, in some form or fashion. I would like to perform. Then I jumped into mm. an acting class. Does that make sense? Like, because I would, yeah. you know, I would ex- what I would experience watching in living color. Um, so from the acting perspective, the Wayans family is probably the most influential in my life as far as acting. I thought I wanted to be a comedy actor. Um, but it's, it's been all – I actually want, would prefer now to be more a dramatic actor. The point is that feeling that I had and that experience, I was like, I want that. Maybe I can do that through storytelling. And I started taking acting classes in high school. But, again, marketing job, right? Like, I'm not doing this as a career. No way. Um, so my intention when I came to L.A. and I dove in, as you say, like 100%, was to be an actor and a dancer. I was like, I want to pursue everything that I can while, while I can. And this is where things got goofy. I sort of convinced myself, I only have X amount of time to be a dancer, right? I started late. Um, my knees might, might not last. Like I got my body may not last. I got to do this now. Acting will be there. And I was pursuing acting at the time by taking classes and doing, I had this, this casting director that actually, a friend of my dad's who believed in me, um, and she gave me a pretty big opportunity, and I just bailed, like I just ghosted, because I was scared. Um, and I think it's important for my for our viewers to know that this is what happens sometimes with artists. It's like fear, right? Doubt, um, battling whether I can do this as a career and get paid. Um, and so, for those of you listening that have experienced this, uh, it's it's totally normal. And I just want to encourage you to just ride through that. Um, so for many years, I hid I, I i say hid but it's not like i wasn't doing anything it's just i kind of shelled acting and just did dance even though in the back of my mind and my, my soul i was like i want to i want to act you know um and so moving forward to what you said dance was all joy for me like i didn't really care if i was poor or if i didn't if i didn't wasn't successful from a booking perspective i just wanted to get good at dance and look back and say, Hey, I learned these styles and I, I gave them my all. Um, and then politics started entering. I started realizing like, it's not all about dance. Um, some of this industry shit is kind of whack. Like this person's, it, you know, you start getting you seen it, man, you industry dancer for a while mm-hmm. like seeing who books what and like, Oh, I got to suck up to this person. Oh, I can't do your choreo. So, I can't, but I can do this and you can't do that. And, um, things happen like for instance, so Chad, Chad and I, um, he's if if you guys don't know, listening, mad Chad, I'm sure, you know, if you're a dancer, you know, this guy's incredible. Mm. Um, he's incredible and he's a good dude. Um, he can do things that most other humans cannot. Um, I was one of the few people that could kind of do what he does. And a few times he would present this to, choreographers. And they'd be like, no, 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 we don't want this dude. We want you. He's like, no, but Ace Ace is the only one that can do my my stuff. And stuff like this started happening, right? Like you, I I started seeing being in certain circles and seeing that I just wasn't getting the opportunity. Um, And I started developing like hate in my heart and frustration. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Um, And there were like four or five jobs that I was on a bail for whether it was a big movie, big commercials, whatever, all dance related. I was like, this is it. About to have that breakthrough playa because I also couldn't do choreography the way a lot of people can, the way a lot of the kinjas can in terms of booking a tour. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But at the Mm -hmm. time they were letting freestyle dancers come in and just do their thing. So all this kind of happened and it kind of, there was a climax point where it was just like, I took a step back and I was like, wait a minute. Um, if I'm going to get that mad or disappointed in myself because I didn't book like a step up movie or a car commercial, you know, cause they went another direction, not a dance. They, they, they didn't want me as the dancer on it. What, what is, what is the value I'm putting behind my worth and my career and my love for this art? Um, and it was just in that moment where I was like, well, I'm a, okay. So, so I, because of that, I ended up disconnecting from society and for about a year, just kind of like got rid of my agents, got rid of all the parties I was booked on. I ended up at Burning Man and
0: I came oh, you back. really disconnected. I went in, son. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I went full LA, like hippie, spiritual guru. Let's just dive into where is this fear and doubt coming from? Um, and if you hear my origin story, right, it's probably pretty obvious, like mm-hmm. it goes back to family and your parents. And um, I'm sure there could be a, a psychologist listen to this and go, classic case. So, <laughs> um, but hey, I, it is what it is. And there was a point where I just said, this is, I don't want to do this anymore. I can still dance and love it. So I started, I just kind of like, it literally was like a switch, like you said, that just flipped. And I started pursuing acting really serious again, um, improv, classes. Um, and then I, I went to Atlanta just to visit and my friend introduced me to an agency. Um, I met them. I showed them some of my stuff and they were like, yeah, we'd love to send you some auditions. I was like, cool. So I started auditioning at least. Um, and then I finally booked one big thing and it all kind of just like happened from there. And I made the decision to, I'm summarizing all of this, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I ended up moving back to Atlanta because for those of you who don't know, um, Georgia started a tax incentive for productions and a lot of states, um, have done this where there's an incentive for productions to move, Uh, locations to film in certain states and because of that they end up hiring a lot of local talent which ends up being a small smaller pond than la which is the big pond right Um, and so i just ended up having quite a bit of success there and i ended up staying like even though i was coming back and forth i ended up staying and that's why i just disappeared from everybody um and now it's been what six years So anyways, that was a really long explanation. I'm trying to keep it. Yeah, no,
0: no, 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 it's, it's good, man. And uh, I love just letting you kind of unpack it for yourself because I think, um, you know, a lot of these things that, that uh, we all kind of um, have in our life in terms of whatever your career path, right. And You don't really sit there every day and dissect how did I get here or like, why yeah. am I like this? Or, so, you know, why do I gravitate towards these things? And it it doesn't really kind of like formulate unless you just kind of unpack it, you know? And, and this mm-hmm. is not, I'm sure this is not the type of conversation that you have every day. And the reason why I think this is important too, um, you know, we'll get into, you know, 2020, you know, we're obviously still yeah. uh, very much in the middle of so much just craziness. Um, but you know, I think it's important to slow down and um, and have a, an understanding of um, the way the way that you are, why you are the way that you are, and then ultimately how that has contributed to you becoming the person that you are. And not to make career everything because it's mm-hmm. obviously not. Um, but you know, there's so much uncertainty you know in 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 this current climate and people are you know from you know professionally people are out of work people are afraid of the future in terms of like what, what's what's uh, what's life moving forward from 2020 going to look like you know and uh, if you don't have a firm foundation that question can be very scary because that you feel like you're starting from ground zero and you don't Mm -hmm. know where to go you know because you don't know how you got there in the first place but that's right if you know based off of how you are saying like i already know how to become quote unquote successful at anything you just have to put in the work (laughs) and you can't yeah uh there's no shortcut to getting there so for you i you know i I would love to hear it for yourself, uh, from you directly is, you know, how, especially in a time like this, um, are you kind of navigating through it? You know, I'm sure work is not as uh, plentiful as it once was, you know? And, um, Uh, you know, but like, I think you have this ability to be like, Oh, I already know what I'm going to do once I can start moving in a certain direction again. And I I think that's what I'm trying to get at is, um, You know, like how did you get to where you're at and then how are you applying that stuff now, especially when the world is now like, you know, from everybody's at a reset, like how do you bounce back? You know, how do you build Mm -hmm. from ground zero again, you know?
1: Yeah, that is a wonderful question. And I really appreciate this conversation. Um, I often have the conversation just with myself, Um, like, trying to evaluate what did cause X, Y, Z in my life. And because I, so foundationally, work ethic is one thing, but I think, so my uncle helped instill in me optimism and I hold on to optimism, Mm. at least I attempt to, no matter what, Um, I feel like you have to pursuing entertainment or just as an artist in general, if you take the dive and the plunge is what I do, as you said, uncertainty already exists. And now we're in 2020 where, we still got six more months of this motherfucker. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, wow. It's uh, at the same time. Um, so the, the positive for me, I'm gonna focus on the positive of this. There was a, a very negative initial start for me with COVID and the shutdown and, 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 and quarantine. Cause I just moved back. I'm like, I'm doing everything. I already have an acting foundation. Uh, I got a new manager. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still connected to Atlanta. I can do everything. I can, I can now reconnect with Kinjas finally, I can start dancing again. Um, nah, you can't cause all the work's <laughs> gone and you can't meet up with yeah. the to dance cause there's a fucking pandemic. So, um, right. After, so yeah. And, there is no work. I had like $8,000 worth of side hustle jobs. I've always been able to hustle like side hustle jobs on top of acting. Um, and <laughs> the guy who got, who books me on these side jobs was called me. He was just like, yo man, they all canceled. They're gone. I mean, we can't, we can't do parties mm-hmm, with 250 mm-hmm. people where I'm emceeing or dancing. You can't. So um, it was tough. Uh, and I know a ton, hundreds of thousands of people are dealing with this, but Um, and so for the first time in my life, I'm on unemployment and I'm saying this because it's, it was almost like my ego for years when I have long waves of like, no, no employment, I wouldn't let myself get on it. And then I, (laughs) I spoke to quite a few friends who were like, bro, you do realize you're paying into this, like you're paying into anyways so that helps relieve at least a little bit of um financial concerns but more importantly what this sort of shutdown of the entire country has done for me is i started focusing on other things which is always what i at least do and i don't know if for the listeners out there um if this will help but i i i find other things to as as you put it obsess over Um, i've been talking about writing for a long time and for some reason I've been able to, because I can't even do any of this other stuff. So I'm trying to put my feelings and thoughts into words and I've been playing music, making music. Um, it's the other thing is, um, we've been talking about allyship, I, we brought, just to move back into that mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Um, it's, uh, I, I'm trying to appreciate this pandemic in the sense of what it would what it has caused for human beings to to not have finances, to, 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 to be forced into a um, what would be considered a negative situation, and understand what's really important, which is love, human connection, relationships, people. Um, and I'm hoping it's made people more empathetic to um, just their connection to human beings which then um, allows them to see this civil rights movement as, and as a priority. Um, the fact that this has happened during a, 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 a pandemic is crazy. I can't say whether it's negative or positive, because the, uh, the, the reality is when I say this has happened, I mean the sort of um, influx of videos that we've seen with Black, black, black people being murdered, period, by, or, uh, by police brutality. Um, for me, it started with Ahmad Aubrey. It's in my hometown, Georgia. I've experienced racists like that. Um, I don't say like that, not to that extreme, but I don't know. I don't know if they were that extreme. Um, so my point is I'm bringing this back to just what's happening in, in this sort of quarantine pandemic 2020. Um, I, I'm hoping it is, for, like other people, it has forced them to look within. Um, and see how their human connection is can can be related to what's happening with uh, the civil rights movement Um, and i hope it's a movement so it's i'm actually happy about the fact that there's for me at least as an artist there's time there's time for me to educate myself even more on the history of black america um, and unpacking truly the definition and we've talked about this like the real definition of what it means what systemic racism means um i know i for me that's that's become a priority um but then it's also you and i have talked about this and maybe you can talk about this a little bit we've talked about how overwhelmingly negative it can feel to to feel like helpless like i can't help i can't make this go away in one day Um, so I, for me, I know like it's, I know you kind of asked me more, like, how am I, how am I dealing with, like, I guess more my art going forward and how I'm going to deal with, um, staying ready, I guess, if you will, like out coming out of this pandemic. Um, but it's, it sort of makes me want to talk about, um, the end of the last podcast where you guys kind of talked about art and the responsibility of artists and what we can do as artists to, Push a certain message, um, and so before we do run out of time, I do want to say, um, as an from an acting perspective, if you guys listening are interested in furthering allyship, we've we have obviously we've talked about internal, external um, actions, but as an artist from the artist perspective, there's so much out there and available for us to watch. Dude, if you just watch Thirteenth and I am not your Negro. And that's enough to, 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 to put you in a place of, okay, I can, my eyes are now open to what's going on, what's been happening. Um, And I just bring that up because it's, that is what art is, right? It's like, as it's, it's giving me this sort of perspective of why am I even doing this? Um, And as you said, if it's like coming out of something like this where it's been taken away, If you don't have a foundation of knowledge as to why you're even doing this or what you love about it, I'm hoping it's forcing not only artists, but people who just have a regular nine to five job and aren't used to this kind of uncomfortable conversation. I'm hoping it's forced them to think about these things, even on a surface
0: level. Um, Is this making sense? Trying to tie it into everything that's- Yeah, no, no, no. uh, it's totally making sense because i think even as you're talking about these uh uncomfortable times um conversations that are had more frequently um now maybe more than we've ever experienced in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. um regarding not only you know health because of this pandemic but then um social injustices, like racial inequality, systemicism. I, I personally have never talked about that topic um, more in my life uh, or more now than ever in my entire life combined, Same. you know? And it's, it's kind of one of those like, dang, how are we so late to the game? Exactly. Um, it, it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's this weird, perfect storm of a pandemic, Police brutality, murders, unemployment, people locked in their homes—like so many things. It's this yeah. perfect little cocktail that makes Messages everything of, just that.
1: Like yeah, it, and then real, social media. I mean, who?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I think with with all of that, I, I'm. I, and as I talk to you, and I'm learning about the way that you process and the way that you um build from you know uh, you know you brought you talked about your 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 childhood right you know you talked about your the situation with your parents and your upbringing and then these you know uh s- the this search for identity which everybody everybody for is, sure um always Searching for their identity, you know, we all have an idea of who we are, and I think we can all have, especially you know, we're all, we're grown men, but even now we're still figuring it out, and especially with um, the things that are now like being put out, the messaging that, that's we're like yo, like racial inequality is real, and it's been here for a really long time, and then that makes you be like dang. So who am I in light of all of this stuff That's now right. too? So we're still, we're still figuring out. And I think that there's, um, there is good in that. There is a, a, a positive, not to just look for the positive for the sake of it, but in knowing who you are and, and how you've been shaped to become who you are. Let's say even the way that you work to, you know, working on your craft, whether it be you know, for your career or your hobbies or whatever, knowing how you can do that. And then now you throw in um, like issues regarding humanity. How does that apply to, how do I, okay, how do I work to become a better human being? I know that's kind of like a very weird way to put something, but but you can apply how you do everything to even that, like, okay, I'm going to, I need to just educate myself. You're talking about watching documentaries to reading books, to reading articles, to listening to people um, who have knowledge in those things. What I'm seeing is that, dude, there's a absolute consistency to the way that you do everything. And um, it's, it's, it's so, so predictable. And, but, <laughs> but that's, what's great, man. And I think consistency is what will get you to any place that you want to get to. So even now that you're like, yo, dude, I need to really understand how deep the systemic racism stuff goes so that I can make better decisions for myself. Um, And if I have a platform, if I have a voice, um, if I have some level of influence, I, I, I'm only gonna be effective in that if I build my foundation of knowledge, you know what I mean? And yes. like, even as you have been tuning into, you know, the Allyship Podcast, um, you know, our internal discussion that we had here, mm-hmm. our Kinja's task force, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're like, anytime we like, and you're you're so dialed in and you know, you're passionate about the things that you say and you believe, be- but I know that it's coming from a desire to be like, I need to really know and understand what this is. Yeah. And, um, and that, that comes, the, I see that very evident in the way that you train in dance, the way that you train in <laughs> acting. It's like, I need to know if I really want to be, um, effective, you know, for lack yeah. of a better way to put it, um, you're only going to be effective if you really, truly know. You really put in the work, and um, and then from there, you know, we can move on to the the product of the those things, right? What whatever that is. So, yeah, I, this is this is great, man. And <clears throat> I think um, you know, I, I know I, I asked about the you know, so how you know, how do you kind of how are you managing through you know life in quarantine and, and yeah. what do you do in a state? you know, keeping mm-hmm. your mind and body and all that stuff still going. I'm sure you have like your routines and things like that. Yes, yes, um, I do. So, you know, um, I guess, yeah, like what, what are you sort of, um, I mean, you say you're, you're, you're writing, which is amazing, yeah. you know, and, and that's also great too, finding other outlets. If like, if this part is shut off and I'm forced to not be able to do this, yes, I still have energy, I, so there's the I, motivation still that. there yeah, uh, yeah also so um, you know look, oh, I, no, I, I just, yeah okay, I think you're just already been going thinking there. about
1: my childhood and identity and it's one of the difficult things to unpack has been how do I Knowing the influence that black culture has had on my life knowing that I was exposed from the time I was a kid it and even knowing what I knew, it's, it was like, but I didn't know, you know, does this make sense? Like I, these realizations, and it didn't just start this year. It's, it's happened over the course of my life where I've slowly had realizations of like, I didn't know. And that's a humbling, like, Ooh, I I should have because I was exposed, um, and so I think that feeds the passion a little bit, um, knowing that if I didn't have, I if I didn't have black culture to turn to, when I was a kid going through these rough patches, I don't know. I, I mean, it, I don't know where I would where I would be. It's like having a this. I, I really just don't know. So, uh, the thought, the thought then moves into, um, trying to have some compassion for people who didn't grow up, um, with my exposure, meaning white people who literally that I even know who didn't grow up with any black people in their life, any exposure to black culture. It's like, I'm, I, I try to be Okay they don't know let's let's get knowledgeable myself and also see if I can kind of help open their eyes um, mm. to this thing that is just, it's just a, it's a permeates. It has permeated through our, our, our culture since, since it's what, it's what our, our country was founded on. So um, I just wanted to mention that when it's also been part of me reflecting on my childhood for my own gain, my own personal gain of, unpacking things, but then it's like, well, how, has, how have my decisions been? Have they lived through white privilege? You know, um, most of them most certainly have, most of them, but a lot of them most certainly have. And you just like, you don't even realize that this is happening. Um, so that has definitely also been a part of um, what has happened in this quarantine, just the silence of I'm by myself. Well, I got good roommates, you know what I'm saying? But like just taking the time to sit in that, and think about it um so anyways moving past that i think you asked me what was the next the, sorry you asked me
0: well yeah so um you know during during quarantine like, you know what, the things that you're doing to uh keep your routines healthy you know yes you know, and and still um you know keeping your knives sharp so to speak <laughs> right and um, yeah you know what, what what are some of those things right now um Yeah.
1: And so I'll also say for the listeners, I don't know where this comes from. I'm extremely highly motivated individual sometimes to a negative where it's like, dude, you need to chill the out. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) breathe. So I want to say that to the listeners, if you are not feeling that, if you feel like this, this quarantine has made you the opposite, that is okay. I you know I'm just giving people permission out there not to feel like, well, just cause oh, you're so highly motivated. I'm not, that's not, um, that is a message I would like to send. Um, but for me, I am. And it's like, um, I had this conversation with a, f- a few close friends about a year ago where I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got to get back to LA. I'm, I, and I have to do it while I'm motivated because I literally at one point woke up and I, and I, and I sat there and I was like, what happens when I wake up and I'm not motivated anymore? What if it just goes away? It's gone. So, it just—it was literally a conversation that I had, and it was—it was kind of a scary moment. Um, but then it also was like, well, I am right now. So, to answer your question, um, I've been ta- i have been talking about writing for a very long time, and I'll write down ideas, and then I just put it away. Um, I don't do anything with it. So now I'm writing. Don't know if it's good or bad. I don't care. You got to start somewhere. My dance wasn't always good. Um, so, um, I've also been playing music. I'm pointing over there. Cause my guitar is over there. I've been obsessively just like playing, playing music. Um, Charlie, other kinjas, shout out to other kinjas. Um, he lives with us now. He's making music. A lot of the kinjas are making music. Um, that's a way for us to stay connected to our art because music is really what moves us. Right. Um, and um, I'm taking acting class, you know, it's just keep, keep the, 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 the knife sharp. Um, but it's these, these consistent routines make me feel like I am, um, even if it's a false sense of it, it, it makes me feel like I'm constantly challenging myself and improving or getting worse, but there's progress in either direction. And that for me has been just my M.O. I, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. Some people are able to just like, cool, well, this is what it is. And, you know, I, I just personally try to find those other things um, to keep me feeling like I'm working towards something. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's, it's kind of boring. I'm going to turn this off. yeah i have like started uh started dancing again getting those muscles moving again which doesn't get easier as you get older um but those are the things it's it's just uh trying to stay stay kind of on this path um oh i dig it man shameless uh shameless plug um for those of you listening to uh you and I have talked about this, just exposure, right? Like how it's interesting in people's origin stories, how they get exposed to one thing or another. Um, I have found it just seems obvious. Like the more you're exposed to other things that are different from you, the more you understand, the more you feel the connection, like, Oh, the difference between this person and and myself is tiny. It's minuscule. Um, But one way we can, Expose ourselves to other cultures is through this medium, right? Of dance, TV, film, theater. Um, there's a so um, there's a new show coming out called p Valley, and I'm in it. I know it's a shameless plug, uh, but it's it comes out this Sunday on Stars. I'll be in three episodes. I think I'm not I'm not in the first episode. I'm in the second. Um, but it's important. It's important because part of the discussions we've been having in Hollywood and and with our our discussions of allyship is diversity and um, inclusion Mm. and getting black stories out there, getting Asian American stories out there, um, Hispanic American stories, whatever it is, um, non-white, not just non, not just white stories. So Mm -hmm. um, uh, the cast is primarily black, Uh, writers, Katori Hall, she's phenomenal she's done uh, she's a playwright she's did tina on broadway um she's she's a screenwriter she's a showrunner she's and she's a good person um so i encourage you guys if it's not p valley on stars july 12th i'm not sure what time but check it out <laughs> then because uh, i don't know some of you guys might be too young to be watching that it's about a strip club in mississippi um so gotcha. <laughs> yeah good stuff <laughs> Um, But there there are plenty of shows that maybe you haven't heard of. And so I encourage you guys listening to just like, take a a second and if you watch um, XYZ show, maybe take a second to watch something that you normally wouldn't, that tells a story um, about
0: something different than you, if this is making sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I dig it, man. That's dope. And, and congrats yeah. on that, by the way. That's, that's, that's dope that, uh, that's coming out. And, um, you know, I know we're, we're kind of running a little low, uh, on time yeah, and, and uh, my, 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 battery's about to die on my iPad. Ooh. So, uh, all right. um, but no, man, like, thanks for sharing, you know, all those things. And, you know, especially, you know, during this time where everybody's trying to figure out how to, um, navigate, how to, how do we break out of this to get to, Whatever the next phase is, whatever yeah. the next chapters are, right? Um, yeah, one thing that I always uh, uh, love to ask um, every guest is their uh, golden rule, your life mantra, the, the thing that you kind of that keeps you going, keeps you motivated, that you live by. Uh, if you were to have a golden rule, what would that be?
1: Hmm. It is the tail end of a joke that my uncle told me when I was a kid and it stayed with me. Um, I could tell the whole joke or I can just tell you the punchline because I don't know how much time we have. Can we just tell you the punchline?
0: I might have like two minutes before my, my iPad dies. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: uh, 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 let's see if I can get this out, man. Two minutes. Okay. So you have two kids. One's a, I'm sure you guys have heard this, but maybe not. I know it doesn't matter. Two kids. One's a, a, uh, one's, a, one's a pessimist. The other one's an optimist. The mom takes these two kids to the doctor says, can you help me figure out like which one is, is, how do we figure out who's who? Um, Even though that should be obvious. So the doctor puts the two kids into separate rooms, comes back two hours later, um, walks into the, the first room. It's a room full of toys. Right, And the kid is sitting there crying, his, his eyes out. He's like, oh my God, man, I, mean, I, 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 I might break these toys, and then my mom's gonna get mad at me, and then she's not gonna be able to return them, and oh my God, I'm gonna get in trouble, I'm gonna be grounded. Okay, well, clearly that kid's a, a pessimist. Um, walks into the other room, opens, opens the door, and this kid is sitting in a room full of shit, and he's got a shovel, and he's just, just shoveling away, man. The doctor says, hey kid, what are you doing? He's like, man, with all this shit, there's gotta be a pony in here somewhere. It just keeps on showing. And I gotta say, I mean, if that doesn't find optimism, I don't know what does. So for me, is with all this shit, there's gotta be a pony in here somewhere. Um, yeah, that's good. Hey, uh, that's good. That that <laughs> is uh, that is 2020
0: right now. That's that 2020, is, 2020, baby. I there, mean, there's a lot of yeah. There's just a lot of a lot of crap. A lot of crap and there's, there's new stuff coming out um every month I feel that's that makes things that much harder but um yeah. yo man like I think that's a great perspective and again um the way that I feel um that I'm I'm even learning about you I mean you know I've known you for years but I've never even had this type of a conversation with you where I get to really try to understand like yo how do you even like how are you good at like literally everything that you touch and it's not that you just so happen to be this ultra talented gifted person that um you know that you just kind of have the 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 gift but it's you really put in the time and um yeah you know i think that's that's also important i'm glad that you brought up um you know, for those who aren't highly motivated right now, Mm -hmm. it's okay, you know, and and it's, I think it's for every person to find what it is that, um, or how it is that you process things. And I think when you know your how, um, you know, your, your first your why, you know, your purpose, and then your how, like, okay, this is why I do something. Mm -hmm. And then this is how I do it, you know, and that's like, put that together. And then you can go, and I think, you know, as I'm learning about you, um, bro, like the, the care that you have for the things that you're passionate about, um, it's amazing, bro. And it's, it's, uh, it's highly encouraging, you know, for, you know, myself, but, you know, every, anybody yeah, out there listening, um, Thank you. to know that like, uh, you know, yeah, nothing comes without, uh, without the work. But when you really love something, when you really care about something, um, you're naturally going to pour that level of work into it, you know? And so, um, you know, Ace, man, like, it's been really dope to, uh, you know, see your career grow, um, but especially having you back here now in LA and, and um, yeah. yeah, obviously we're not all hanging out as much <laughs> as we would like and stuff, yeah. but uh just to you know just to hear your story and and see how uh you're moving through this time man it's it's really dope and i already know like uh when things kind of when the dust kind of settles a little bit um you know i'm i I expect nothing less of just classic ace fashion just everywhere you know what i mean and uh but yeah man it's it's really dope and um congrats on uh the the, this what is it p valley p p valley that's coming out yeah Yeah. 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 That's on that. And and stars this this Sunday. Thanks man. And and, uh,
1: for those of you listening, thank you for, for having me as well. And I just, I know this is a tough time. So I I encourage you to have uncomfortable conversations and, and if you, if you need help mentally because of this, please don't be afraid to, to just, there's no shame in discussing depression or, or negative feelings with, with friends they, they care about you they will they will listen and, and try to help so i just want to put that out there there's a lot of yeah
0: yeah this is a, a, good. a mentally trying time for everybody so absolutely man thanks for sharing that um for anybody who wants to follow follow the journey follow the ace journey where can they find you man
1: real simple man instagram is just josh ventura super simple um I have one video on TikTok, it's super exciting. I think it's Josh Ventura as well. I think my Twitter's all Josh Ventura. It's weird when people are like, who's Josh? And they still call me Ace. <laughs> it's so
0: funny. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. No, that's it.
0: Well, cool, man. Ace, thanks for hopping in the pod. And, man, thank you for uh, having yeah, me. Yeah, for, 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 of course, of course. Um, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you're finding this pod by itself, we got a hundred plus episodes that came before it. So hop on to your podcast streaming platforms. uh, Leave us a five-star rating. If you dig it, Uh, write us a review, let us know what we're doing. Well, what you would like to uh, hear or see better, what kind of guests you would like us to have on all that stuff helps us uh, gain visibility in the podcast charts. And uh, if you're, if you're listening, you're digging it, just uh, screenshot your phone and tag us. We're on a, instagram Kinja's just podcast cast with a k we're on twitter we're on facebook and uh i love regramming and and uh seeing all the dms and stuff like that it's really dope and um thank you guys again for tuning in we know it's a rough time but we're getting through it and um you know as we even talking on this conversation here stay connected with people stay connected with people and, and talk it's important so uh thank you guys so much we'll catch you guys next time peace Gingerbread. your